0: So, supporting your podcast we your fellow to and you the owner of the birds. Fellows, welcome to Podcast Number seventy-seven,
1: Championship weekend. Pew, 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 pew! Yep, yep, yep. yep. And, it's going
0: to be uh, great. Uh, Before we get into any of it, let me give the listeners a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about today. We'll we'll break down the Deshaun Watson scenario. Um, We'll talk about uh, the divisional round matchup. And then we'll also preview uh, the two games in the conference championship. Before all that, Puma, looks like you are a new permit holder, correct?
1: Yep. Jumped through all the hoops for the great state of Connecticut. Got uh, my pistol and revolver carry. Approval permit. So finally crossed that finish line got the gun safe and everything gonna keep that thing locked up in the house uh, It would have been great to go down to the gun range today to uh, to use it a bit uh, Go down and test out a few guys before I start buying anything um, But there's no ammo to be found uh, and it's funny because I was halfway back From the other side of Connecticut uh, Towards like the Rhode Island border because I had to go to the state police barracks out there to get the permit and whatnot And it dawned on me that the gun store is probably going to be a madhouse the day before the inauguration. And sure enough, it was fucking insane in there. Like everybody was looking for ammo. Everybody was like trying to buy guns last minute because they have it in their mind that Biden is going to start signing some executive orders. Like as soon as his ass hits the seats, uh restricting gun rights um i don't think it's gonna happen like the first day but that's a discussion for another day uh, but everybody and their brother was there and here i am like i'm just trying to like you know go to the range and shoot some stuff and the guy comes out after getting like this tray ready for me to try out like three different nine millimeter handguns and he's like so i just went in the back and we don't have any nine millimeters in here and it's like wow. Great. okay." And the and the kicker to all that is before like we before we even did anything, I filled out paperwork. He asked me what I was looking for. And I was like, Well, I'm not sure. Kind of leaning towards a revolver, like three fifty-seven. I can also put like a thirty-eight special in there, or a nine. I don't really know. And he's like, Oh, well, thirty-eight special at three fifty-seven. It's damn near impossible to find ammo. But nine millimeter. I'm like, what do you mean <laughs> nine mm is easier to find? Like I figure that's like gold. Like how can you like, nobody can find that right now. I mean, I'm not saying it's not impossible, but there's a higher, higher chance of getting 9 millimeter compared to that. And then Sunshine walks out and is like, oh, I don't have 9. It's like, oh, you could have <laughs> fucking told me that like 30 minutes ago, guy. But my favorite part of the whole day was when I went to the barracks and we had I had to fill out like this little index card, put my name, date of birth, social security number, all that address, previous address that I lived at. And the last box I had to fill in was what is the purpose of getting the permit? And it's like, well, everyone, the brother is going to say home defense or self-defense. Like nobody's going to write armed robbery or like, hey, (laughs) home defense, but like I also have violent tendencies. So who knows? Like so stupid, so dumb. But I feel like the only reason why that box was there was because somebody was stupid enough to put that out there in the first place.
0: So I assume insurrection and overthrowing of the democratic process is not a good answer for that. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 oh, okay. no. All right.
1: okay. Well, if it's a, if it's you know, if it's an inside job, maybe, ah. maybe.
0: Ah, now let me ask you a question. Are you one of those guys that's just gonna get one gun, or are you gonna like become one of those guys that has like a closet that's hidden in your in your house somewhere, and you have like nineteen million weapons in there? Like, what kind of guy are you?
1: Uh, I mean i would like a rifle or a shotgun at some point um i do i I did get like the larger gun safe because uh tara for those of you that don't know is my fiance uh she She's also interested in getting a pistol permit as well, too. So, like, oh I got a case. God. Are you serious? I got a case. <laughs> what is where, happening
0: to Tara? What I is happening? I got a happening? case. Oh, my God. Where you can you can oh fit two
1: full-size handguns and ammo and, and, and magazines in there. But, like, obviously, if I get something bigger, like a shotgun or a rifle, then I'm just going to get an actual now, gun safe. I'm not going to have Burge, them lying around.
0: Now, Burge, I've known Tara and Brandon as two separate individuals, and I've known them as a couple, Right. And and they're both my closest friends, right? And it's unfortunate because I bring up this to them all the time. They're becoming one person, right? (laughs) Like I used to have jokes with Tara and jokes with Brandon, but now it's just talking to one fucking person all the time. And now she's gonna become a gunner like you as well, Brandon. What are you doing?
1: I'm not doing anything. She has to. She. She I mean, asked me what the permit process was. I'm like, it's not that bad. It's just like, because of COVID, it was so backed up. I'm like, otherwise, like you'd only have to fill out like a small stack of papers. You probably would've gotten your, the temporary permit in 60 days. You could just show up in a barracks, get your stuff done. No big deal, but because of COVID, everything was backed up. So she's like, let me see how like the process plays out with you and then maybe like, I'll go try to get my permit. So I'm not forcing anything on anybody. This is all natural, dude. I'm not doing shit.
0: The other day, like I was texting about something, and she wrote back like "ope" or something, and I'm like, "What? What the fuck is happening here? Like, what? Oh. What is happening? Where where, oh. where? where is my friend Tara? Where is Brandon? It's just one fucking like Brandon Tara like mixed match thing right now. I don't like it. I'm not happy about J- it. J- so it's so J- Epi J- Brera. <laughs> Whatever you it's
2: want. It's the call natural it. process of domestication. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a natural right? process. We, we all go through it at some point. Ugh.
1: I'm going through it now. All right.
0: All right, you guys want to talk some football? Let's yeah, football. yeah. All right, do you want to give us a rundown of the uh, situation or the dumpster fire down in Houston, Puma?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think the the latter term is the more accurate one. But yeah. uh, long story short, if you don't have a Twitter account, uh, just Google Deshaun Watson Twitter. But essentially, there's a, a according to some reports, there's a massive falling out between. Uh, upper management and ownership of the Houston Texans and their franchise quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, they, they were going through this whole process, ownership was, of trying to find a new general manager and a new head coach. And before the season even ended, Cal McNair, the owner of the team, Uh, employed like a executive council of like Andre Johnson, Tony Dungy and a couple of other folks to be involved with helping in the hiring process. And then they also spent about five hundred thousand dollars for a private firm to help look for a general manager candidate as well. Uh, Which essentially what they did was they burned a pile of cash and they wasted everybody's time because they went out and hired their guy uh, that they wanted in the first place, that being Nick Casario, former director of player personnel for the New England Patriots, also Buddy Buddy with the uh, infamous preacher Jack Easterby, uh, former Patriot as well. Uh, And right after that hire, uh, Deshaun Watson tweeted out, you know, basically, you know, same song, second verse or something along those lines. But he was he was pissed about it and he wasn't returning their calls and he wasn't getting back to their messages or text messages. Um, And it just has been deteriorating ever since. Uh, He hasn't felt like he's been involved in the head coaching Search uh, for the job. He wanted an interview for Eric Bieniemy, and it took him taking going to Twitter to air out the dirty laundry. And they finally got an interview with Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, along with Leslie Frazier and a couple other people. But it's gone really sour down in Houston. And I mean, you can just look at the last two Sports Illustrated articles and read that. It's a lengthy read, but it's definitely worth it. Uh, and it outlines everything perfectly. But it's. It's definitely not a desirable job if you're a head coach and people are saying that Deshaun Watson Watson is he wants out of Houston. He played his last snap. He wants to trade and everybody's having this early media cycle of where's Deshaun Watson going to go? Is he going to get traded? What's it going to take for him to get moved? And I mean, I'm in the minority that says he's not getting traded. But, like, yeah. you guys can air your stuff. <laughs> well,
0: listen, I, I think the two the two tweets that really made it real for me, because for, just like in your situation, Puma, I thought Deshaun Watson was not going to get traded until about four days ago, and now there's just so much smoke around this situation down in Houston that there's got to be a raging fire behind the scenes, right? And the tweet that Adam Schefter sent out that says there's a growing sense from people in and around the Texans organization that Deshaun Watson has played his last snap for the team, it's early in the offseason there's a lot of time left but watson's feeling cannot and should not be underestimated kind of really opened my eyes and then he had one more tweet later on where it said texans have had internal conversations about possible trade partners for deshaun watson and what their quarterback position would look like in the future without him so i mean those two two those two tweets when i saw them i was like all right maybe this thing definitely has some legs and you know we understand that deshaun watson is one hell of a player and you don't want to ship off a great top five quarterback um, but it seems like the relationship has soured so badly that it might not be repairable, um, and, and on top of that, like, you know, the way I see this panning out is, you know, the Texans are going to make that 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 age-old mistake that they're not going to give up, and they're going to bury it, and they're going to force Deshaun Watson to play, and they're going to have one bad year coming up where Deshaun Watson's not going to be happy, he's not going to give his full effort, he's probably going to become a problem in the locker room where he's going to permeate some negative feelings about the organization, because apparently, the feelings are not just about the on-field player or the the personnel. It's also some deeper rooted issues that he has with the ownership group about social justice and causes, blah blah. Um, so, so it's going to be interesting how this pans out. I think, I think it's the best, it's best to trade him away. But I do believe the Texans are going to make that mistake of essentially forcing him to play and having two uh, unhappy camp, uh, unhappy parties with the ownership group and the um, and the uh, player trying to coexist for another year. Or so,
2: Jay, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I, I I think that they ultimately will may end up. Um, forcing him to stay next year, despite, you know, how unhappy he is. Mm -hmm. But can we just take a step back and just just see how dumb Cal McNair and that that upper management ownership of that team really is for for letting this situation get to this point. You know how hard it is to to find a, a legit starting quarterback in the NFL. You know, the Patriots are going through it right now. You know, you look back at the history of the quarterbacks for the Houston Texans, I mean, their longest starter was Matt Schaub, And, I mean, he was... You know, effective when he was there, but I mean, he wasn't anything like the the talent that Deshaun Watson is. They found something with, I'm sorry, with uh, with Deshaun Watson that they could really build around, and it's it's really it just speaks volumes to how dumb you know they are at the top of this organization to let it get to this point. You know, they spent money on Brock Osweiler hoping he was going to be the guy. He definitely was not the guy, and it, it seems it seems like they're gonna they're destined to be in that position again because it seems like Sean Watson has been been ridden out of town with with how they've handled everything. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. listen I mean, it's just a sad situation because it seems like there's a lot more behind the scenes that we don't know yet. And, and I think this is going to start to rumble and percolate more uh, as the offseason kind of rolls on. We're deep into playoff territory right now with the championship games and the Super Bowl coming up. So it's kind of still on the back burner. But the second that's over, like the biggest story of the offseason is going to be Deshaun Watson and where he's going to end up. Right. And, and there's some suitable trade partners. Right. I mean, people are throwing around, you know, the the Miami Dolphins or the New York Jets or some. So 49ers the Chicago Bears or the Northern Patriots. I mean, there's odds to essentially where um, he'll land. And if I'm Deshaun Watson, man, I'm doing whatever I possibly can to end up somewhere like uh, in a stable organization like maybe Miami now with the, with the coaching staff there, right? Um, it seems like the coaching staff in Miami really has their has their shit together. Um, I don't know if they will go through with it, but Miami has the draft capital and maybe two that they can send back to Houston for that um, for that player, Deshaun Watson. So I'm asking a question to you guys Like, you know, let's, let's, let's say that he does end up getting traded. Where do you think he'll end up landing? I mean, go ahead, Puma,
1: not Miami as the Miami dolphins fan. Like, yeah, like he could, he could get traded there. We have the, the draft capital. We have the the cap space to take on that contract, which most of it's already been paid for because the Texans already paid for the signing bonus, but like we don't have a coordinator. We're going on year three. And we don't, we still don't have a run game and we, we, we can't mortgage our draft capital. And on top of that, Houston's going to want players back. It's not just going to be like Tua and like a couple of draft picks. Like they're going to probably want Byron Jones and probably Christian Wilkins and fill a lot of holes on that defense. So you then have to narrow the window down to, What draft, what trade partner could you get young, cheap, Pro Bowl caliber talent uh, to go to Houston to fit their cap situation? Because Houston's cap is in cap hell right now. And I think that might limit the suitors down to probably San Francisco if they want to part ways with uh, a couple of players on the defensive front for that team that are still on first year deals for a little bit um chicago might be a bridge too far just because khalil's khalil max contract is an albatross um definitely not in the afc definitely not in the afc south they are not going to play this guy two times a year it's i think it's going to be somebody in the, in the nfc if anything
2: uh, i'm with you puma i i think that the the most logical landing spot at least from deshaun watson's perspective he should want to end up in in san francisco with mm-hmm. with kyle shanahan yep. You got an established run game there, you know, with with Coleman and Mostert, and then you get to play with George Kittle, uh, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel. Like that's an instant, instant fit for Deshaun Watson, and it'll it would uh, it would jump uh, San Francisco right up into contention in the NFC if they make that move.
0: Boy, I tell you what, man. Like I think I think the fact that if he somehow ends up with the with the 49ers, I mean. That's instantly like probably top like two or three in the NFC to make the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just that's just stabilizing the whole organization. They've got a great mm-hmm. defense with uh, with Bosa coming back off his injury. They've got a brilliant mind in Kyle Shanahan who's going to put Deshaun Watson in the best spots possible. Um, I know our buddy Mikey P is going to be losing his mind uh, if Deshaun Watson ends up out there, but you know for his sake, I think I think San Francisco is the best spot. And, and if that doesn't work, even New York, man, I think New York has a lot to offer. Um, for Deshaun. I mean, they have such—they have so much uh, draft capital, um, and, you know, it seems that they really don't know what they're going to do with Sam Darnold just yet. Are they going to take Justin Fields, Zach Wilson? I mean, if you have so many questions at quarterback, why not just go get Deshaun Watson at the number two spot, send that away with a couple more firsts uh, in the next couple of years? That, that might be a great landing spot for him because I think Deshaun Watson in the New York media market could be wonders. Well,
2: I think it's ultimately going to come down to where Deshaun Watson wants to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got yep. a no-trade clause, so... Yep. Yep, 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 that's yep, what yep. it's ultimately going to come down to
0: yep, 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 yep.
1: right i mean I'll, i'm gonna stick i'm I'll, I'll still be in the minority I'll, I'll believe it when i see it i don't i don't think he's leaving houston and i think you know he didn't even want he just wanted to be involved in the hiring process like he's not banging the table for eric began to be hired he just yeah. wanted the to be interviewed based on conversations that he had with deshaun uh with uh, patrick mahomes and You know, it's kind of sad that he had to, like, start doing, like, passive-aggressive stuff on Twitter. But, like, it got the point across. And, like, if you read the latest Sports Illustrated article by Jenny Vrentis and and Gary Grambling, and I'm spacing the other guy's name, but, like, it's not really just Deshaun Watson wanting out. Like, he's speaking for the entire locker room. They're tired Mm, of Jack Easterby. They're tired of of Cal McNair getting, you know, conned by, you know, let's be honest, the charlatan uh, in, in Jack Easterby. You know, there's been reports, Jason Lockenfora was talking about this today, uh, that there's a strong base for uh, Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator uh, of the Buffalo Bills, to possibly end up being the head coach down there. And I think, like, you get a player-friendly coach like uh leslie frazier you keep tim kelly the offensive coordinator for the houston Texans, right now and deshaun watson's been on the record saying he loves tim kelly and he stepped his game up over the last two years as offensive coordinator i think if you do those two things and you you end up finding a way to keep will fuller on this roster like you might not – I still think you have to fire Jack Easterby, but, like, that might not – you might not have to get that. Like, how McNair gets his buddy still. You get a player-friendly head coach, an offensive coordinator that understands what Deshaun Watson wants, wants and doesn't want, get him more involved in the game plan, and you get his best buddy and probably one of the better wide receivers in the NFL uh, on that roster as well too. You know, you could sue these ruffled tail feathers and, you know, you're in cap hell. Like, you're not going to – you're not going to sign this guy to an extension just to trade him for pennies on the dollar.
0: Yeah, and they got to figure out very soon what they want to do with Deshaun Watson, right? Because, you know, nothing is going to mend that relationship now in my eyes. The only thing that could possibly keep them there longer is if they won and they won big. And I don't see winning in their future anytime soon, right? Like they say, winning cures all. I don't think they're going to win enough for him to be happy. So they've got to figure out as soon as possible. And the one thing I hope they don't do is I hope they do not um, capitulate to his demands and hire somebody they don't see as the best fit for the head coach because I am firmly in the belief that Eric Biennemi is not a good head coaching candidate. It's not against anything against Eric Biennemi himself. I just hate when offensive coordinators that essentially uh, are on the staff with a great quarterback, whether it's Eric Bienemy and Patrick Mahomes, whether it's Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady, whether it's Adam Gase and Peyton Manning, like I just, I just hate that those offensive coordinators are looked at as head coaches when maybe they're not really the best. Because I mean, how hard is it to coach a Tom Brady or a Patrick Mahomes? Like, what are you doing for those guys, right? Um, so I hope they they do something that's in his best interest because they hire somebody that's not ready for the job uh, it might be even worse than um, than what it is now because now you got it pissed off deshaun watson that's also losing and the head coach isn't actually what he thought it was going to be
1: and let's keep in mind too like he hasn't asked for a trade yet he hasn't asked for a trade the agent hasn't asked for a trade yet it's just a bunch of passive aggressive well, stuff going on well, on twitter at this
0: from point what people are saying and i think adam sheffer says this as well he's like he's holding that card till the last possible moment right he wants to see what the coach knows. is he he knows once he says that then there's no coming back from that you know
1: yeah 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 I mean they're still looking for a head coach at this point mm-hmm. like if they if they get a head coach that he likes he's like for example like Leslie Frazier just because Lock and Four was really banging the table on this um, like let's say it's, it's Leslie Frazier like I, a lot of people highly doubt that he would say over my dead body damn the torpedoes I am not throwing a pass for Leslie Frazier yeah. like if it was anybody that maybe got. You know, uh, b or or um, or Casario's laundry from the laundromat that got hired as a head coach. Then he he might push the nuclear button and say, "I want out of here." But like, if they get the right coach, he's gonna he, he'll stay on that roster. You have a better chance of JJ Watt getting traded than than Deshaun Watson getting out of that franchise. But
0: I think I I, I think. I think maybe you don't want to c- confront the fact that this might be a non-salvageable um, situation because even if he does get the right head coach, it's not gonna quell those issues he has with Cal McNair and some of the stuff he's alluded to, and people some of the some of the people some of the stuff that people around him have alluded to with the social injustice causes and this and that. I mean, like when you have Cal McNair's father essentially saying you don't let the uh, the the prisoners run the the. the uh, the the inmates, inmates run the asylum. Inmates run the asylum. Like, what, like, I mean, that's essentially saying that Deshaun Watson is the inmate and the NFL is uh, the asylum, right? Like, I mean, how how can you come back from that? Because you know, Cal McNair probably has some sort of thought process like that as well in his mind.
2: I mean, you gotta you gotta hold some of this on Deshaun Watson too. He's the one that did sign that extension. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. Early this mm-hmm. year, after Bill O'Brien traded traded his buddy DeAndre Hopkins for next to nothing, so. You, you know, he's not going to get away scot-free in this. I, he, he, he made his bed when he signed that extension. He didn't have to do that. And, you know, I think the Texans really could go a long way with just canning Easterby at this point. He's obviously doing no good. You've heard other players come out against, you know, and former players. Andre Johnson came out against him, you know, seeing, you know, since he showed up, it's gone downhill. I I, I mean, Eastern has got to have something on Cal McNair at this mm-hmm. point to, you know, to be sticking around. And, you know, I, I, I like Deshaun Watson as a player. I'd love him to be here in new England, but I, you know, I just hope everything works out for him down there because you know, he's a great talent and I want to see him win something down there. Wow.
0: Um, okay. Any last thoughts before we move on to the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills preview? I'm sorry. Analysis.
1: Mm-mm. No, put it on the board. Watson stays. Watts out. There you go.
0: So, and the way I see it's panning out is I think they're going to force him to play next year. But I think by the time trade deadline comes around, you're going to really start hearing quite a bit of buzz uh, about Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to really press hard around trade uh, deadline time uh, if they're losing um, to get traded away at that point. So, So, we'll see how it goes. But um let's move on to uh analysis of divisional round we had the baltimore ravens going up to buffalo uh to play the bills uh they ended up losing 17 to 3. um we had a pretty pitiful performance but our resident bills fan on the podcast puma was probably go. very happy about that um, That's bad. Puma, rare form rare form, rare form. <laughs> puma how uh, how are you taking this When how excited are you what was your thoughts on the game
1: I mean, I was stoked because I've been on here banging the table for the Pills to go to the Super Bowl. And uh, they just have to go through Kansas City, one more river to cross, and they're going to Tampa. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, for leading up into this game, you know, Burr, you guys were on here. Uh, Burr just a little bit more louder thinking that, you know, the Ravens were going to just run all over the, 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 the Buffalo defense. National media was thinking the same thing. And the first drive it certainly looked that way. I mean, the first drive, they were moving the ball at will on on the ground. I think they only attempted like two pass plays. Uh, they got lucky with an offside call. But, you know, they had to settle for an attempted field goal. But, you know, Justin, uh, Justin Tucker missed it. And uh, the, the rest is kind of history. And, you know, the, the Ravens didn't look ready throughout the entire game. Um, they made a business decision to sit Mark Ingram. That was I, That was kind of head-scratching. I get it. Like, you don't want to be on the hook if he gets hurt in the game. But, I mean, at this point, you're in the playoffs. Like, you, you want to play to win. He is a thumper inside the tackles. You know, you could run on Buffalo if you did that. But they just looked out of sorts. The snapper had a very rough day at the office. Uh, Leslie Frazier called a great defensive game. Sean McDermott called a great game as well, too. Uh, they, they played zone a lot. They didn't really give um, Jackson a lot of avenues to run. He looked confused in the pocket, threw a brutal pick-six to seal the game. And weather did play a factor, like, the you know, Josh Allen missed some people down deep. Uh, he kept trying to take the deep shot with um, with Stefan Diggs, but he had a good connection in the game with um, with Smokey Brown. John Brown uh, kind of called that last week. Um, but, you know, they did enough to win. The defense did its job in and, you know, another another uh, exit premature exit for the Baltimore Ravens in, in the playoffs.
0: And now let's go over to the resident Bills hater on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Birch, how did you take the win of the Buffalo Bills? How did you take it in? What's your analysis? What's your thoughts? Let us know.
2: <laughs> Watching the first half of that game, I was I was feeling pretty good going into halftime. I'm like, wow, look at this. This Bills offense looked completely, like, completely different than they looked all year. Obviously, you can say that the win played a factor in this game, but, you know, uh, they they proved in this game that they are they are a one dimensional team. All right, I think they attempted two runs in the uh, in the first half. If I'm not mistaken, one of them might have and one of them might have been a, a scramble attempt from, from Josh Allen. Um, but hey, going into the halftime, I was feeling great. You know, I think that uh, you know the the Lamar Jackson runs weren't there. Why Greg Roman uh, continued to go to that? Uh, is beyond me. Um, they should have been handing the ball off to Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins because they were getting through the line, um, you know, with with some relative ease in the first half of that game, and and even going into the second half when when the Bills opened up the uh, the half with uh the, with a, their best drive of the game, hands down, their best drive of the game, uh, going down for, for for a touchdown, and then um, Lamar Jackson and, and the Ravens going down the field with relative ease to. Um, you know, getting basically in a goal to go situation, I was feeling great. Um, you know, uh, listening to the game, I was actually driving at that point, so I was listening. But I, you know, I felt great, and then and then, Teron Johnson made a terrific play on that on that pick six to uh, basically seal the game at that point. At that point, I was like, "This game's over. There's no way the Ravens are gonna are, are gonna come back from this." Um, but uh, you know, you could take a lot away from Lamar Jackson in this game. And the Raven, in Ravens offense as a whole, they, they did not adapt um, in the, to start the second half um, in any way. The, the center, Macari, for the Ravens, oh, my God. Dude, that guy should never play center again. He was awful all game, could not figure out how to snap the ball. Absolutely brutal. Uh, you know, hats off to the Bills. You know, they're going to their first AFC championship game in, what, t- t- 27 years, something like that. Um, you know. All around, though, watching the game, I, I, I was falling asleep during this game. It was so boring watching, watching that first half of the game. And, you know, hats off to the Bills. They're going to the AFC Championship game. Puma, you, you know, your, your, your fandom is, uh, is evident as with your Josh Allen post pre-game. As I, uh, as I requested from you with that Josh Allen jersey, you looked ugly as hell. I'll say that,
0: um, hey, it in that jersey. Wow. but uh, I
2: wouldn't say it worked. I mean, wow. both, 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 both offenses in this game were borderline mediocre. You know, the Bills showed me nothing to, to think that they're, you know, a Super Bowl champion team. As I've heard from Buffalo fans for the last month and a half, that they're going to win the Super Bowl this year and run the table on the AFC East for the next 10 years, you know, hats off to them. You know, their defense stepped up when they needed to. But I think the biggest takeaway from this is that Lamar Jackson is 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 he's going to be a good quarterback in the regular season, borderline great. But you know, the playoffs, the, you know, if you can't adapt, then you're not going anywhere.
0: Um, okay, so now Puma, you know I Jay Chima. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a pretty uh, I'm a pretty big man, and I can admit when I'm wrong, right? Um, Okay. I think okay. <laughs> I think you might have been right on the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen and I think I might have been wrong, right? And might I'm- well, because I'm still waiting to see what they do in Kansas City. Like, oh, I'm here we sure. go,
1: here we go. Before, before it was like, oh, win
0: a playoff game and talk I, to, me. I, right, they they game. Right. to me. All right, Thank they win a playoff game. All right, all right, Beat Baltimore. Come talk to me. All right, they beat Baltimore. Thank you. No, I for mean, me I up. mean,
1: I mean, if backing you up is just moving the goalposts, then okay, fine. I've then that's said it. Fact. I've
0: always said. I've always said. always said it. I've always said if he goes into Kansas City and he beats Patrick Mahomes, I will give him his top five elite quarterback you know, status. But until then, what I did see from the field Saturday night, it is evident in the disparity in talent between Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. You can just tell by one team and the confidence they had in Josh Allen Um Compared to just how badly Lamar Jackson throws the ball, you can see who's a better quarterback. And it looks like it looks like this, uh, Josh Allen really is is taking this game to a new level, right? Um, and I want to bring up a point that you brought up, Burge, about the the the, the amount of rushes they had. I think it's I think you're looking at it a different way. I think you should be looking at it in a way that. Brian Dayball and that uh, coaching staff has such confidence in Josh Allen's ability that they really don't have to throw the ball. They're just going out there and slinging the ball. They barely ran the ball, and they still won fairly comfortably, right? I'm not saying it's the best game by Josh Allen. He only really put up 10 points. He had a pick six that gave him seven, 17 in total points. But you can just tell how confident one coaching staff was in Josh Allen and how the other coaching staff was trying to get every little bit more out of Lamar Jackson, but he just didn't have the ability to throw the football, right? Um, so so there's that, but on oh, Lamar Jackson himself, I, I'm so out man, it's been three years the guy has barely progressed as a passer um, he, they're trying to run him to a Super Bowl, which is not going to happen in the NFL, um, you know, if anything, he's maybe gone incrementally better than last year, but it's not enough to be able to take down a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen for the next few years um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, Josh Allen looks good Poole might have been right about it and I think Lamar Jackson, I'm out on him. I'm completely out on Lamar Jackson.
2: Can we can we quickly talk about uh, Tyler Huntley coming into that game when Lamar Jackson I mean, he, was knocked he, he look, into he look a better
0: quarterback than Lamar Jackson?
2: Dude, he came in and man, he almost got them back in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't overthrow. Obviously, you know, with the weather, with you know, we saw multiple overthrows from from Josh Allen in this game. Can attribute that to a lot of that to the wind, but I mean, he's. One pass from to to Hollywood Brown from being right back in that game with a chance to to, chance to win it, and he overthrew uh, Hollywood Brown who was wide open. It was easily going to be six points, and you know that pass could have changed that game. You know I I liked what I saw out of him coming in cold in that spot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Do you guys have anything else to say about this? You want to move on?
2: Ah, we'll, we'll save, save the rest of save, the game I'll for save you. mine for the preview. Yep, save okay. it for the preview. All right.
0: Let's move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, going into New Orleans and winning uh, against the Saints. Um, They won 30-20, to 20, uh, final score. Uh, Puma, what did you think about this game? What was your analysis?
1: Um, I mean, you know, Brady had a good stat line. I think he threw for like 199 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Drew Brees was absolutely horrid. Uh, if this wasn't really his last game, um, I think they would have put Jameis Winston in for the rest of the game. Um, in, in my opinion, uh, the, those three interceptions were just absolutely brutal. Um, you know, one of the thing, one of the things that killed the drive. Uh, I'm not going to put on Drew Brees. That was the the fumble by 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 Jared Cook. You need to stop carrying that ball out like a loaf of bread and just waiting for it to get punched out. Just you know, just. Ball security, like that. That team on that drive was rolling. Uh, they had a great, uh, great rhythm going. If if they would have scored on that drive, it, it possibly would have been a different game at that point. But fumble recovery turned into a touchdown by I believe Ronald Jones. Uh, but I mean, the the Buccaneers defense showed up. I mean, they showed up. They picked off Drew Brees three times. They shut Michael Thomas down to zero receptions on five targets. Um, you know, they they kind of neutered this offense, and you know, it, it kind of sucks because the saints were all in on this year because next year they're an absolute cap hell. They're a hundred million dollars over the cap. Drew Brees oh. is probably going to retire. I, I would not be surprised if Marshawn Lattimore ended up being traded at some point because, you know, you have to free up cap space. He's going to want to get paid. He's one of the best, uh, you know, players in the secondary in the NFL at this point. Um, so there is going to be a bit, in my opinion, a giant purge out of this saints roster coming, uh, coming home next year, next year. Uh, they they just have no money to, to spare at this point. And I, I kind of, like, I never thought I'd, like, live to see the day. But, like, when you think about it, like, Drew Brees is kind of overshadowing the fact that, like, Tom Brady is going to the NFC Championship game despite Drew Brees' performance. Like, he laid an absolute egg. Uh, another home exit for the New Orleans Saints. All they're talking about is, like, Drew Brees riding off in the sunset when it's, like, Let's call it for what it is. Like we could be sentimental later. Like Drew Brees sucked in this game. Like he might have been. He was the reason, in my opinion, that this team lost the game. I think if they had Jameis Winston in there, they would have had a little bit more of a puncher's chance because they could at least push the ball downfield. But you know, all 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 props to, to Tom Brady going to the going up to the frozen tundra on, on Sunday. It's going to be a hell of a matchup. But it, it kind of sucks that he was overshadowed a little bit by Drew Brees at this point. Where's what do you got? All right,
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a disclaimer. I don't want to be called a hater, right now. Jay, 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 Here do not go. call me a hater of Tom Brady. Well, Let me be a judge of that. Okay, so <laughs> going to, watching this game, yes, Drew Brees was about as bad as you could be in this game. I mean, those three interceptions were were awful and put the um, you know the Bucks in an easy position to 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 wrap this game up. I, I I'm gonna put this loss more I, given Drew Brees Uh, performance in this game. That fumble by Jared Cook was an absolute killer. All right. Rolling on that drive, you're up by a touchdown, and you you give that ball away to Tom Brady on the short field. We know what Tom Brady does on short fields. He makes you pay for it. We've seen it for 20 years. He makes you pay for it. Now, talking about Tom Brady going to his 14th uh, championship game um, in 20 years playing, unheard of, fantastic, love it. He didn't really have to do all that much in this game to 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 secure his team's victory. Uh, going down uh, to Lambeau Field to face the Packers, he he his touchdown drives. He he had a what's it a three yard touchdown drive, a forty yard touchdown drive, and a twenty yard touchdown drive to to basically wrap up this the uh, wrap up this game for the Bucks. This game is solely on the Saints losing it and crapping all over themselves. Drew Brees throwing the three picks. I think it's evident. His arm can't do it anymore. Hell of a career for him. I kind of hope he wraps it up because, you know, you got to know when it's time to ride off, uh, you know, to retirement. And I think he's there. I think it's best for the Saints if he does that. Because, uh, I mean, the, the, the best throw of the game was from their backup quarterback, Jameis Winston, on that trick play. That was unbelievable. And, you know, this win, all on the Bucks' defense, they showed up to play in this game. And, and they, made, they made Drew Brees pay for his mistakes. You know, looking forward to the Bucks going up to uh, to Lambeau Field next week. It'll be uh, it's going to be fun seeing Brady Rodgers in, in in a championship game.
0: Yeah. Listen, I I was impressed by the Bucks win as well. Um, the Bucks had a complete team effort. Essentially, the ball they ran the ball fairly well with Fournette and Ronald Jones. They had about 120 yards in running. Um, Tom Brady himself had about what 199, 200 yards, something something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just it comes down to essentially you're looking on the field, and I know you know. Uh, Tom Brady, a lot of people thought he wasn't going to be able to go down to... Uh, Tampa Bay and essentially you have success um, they thought you know he was done over the hill noodle on blah blah whatever but when you look on the field you really see you really saw just just the, the brilliance of Tom Brady because he's still out there slinging the ball as hard as he can I mean at some point he was putting too much mustard on the ball and he had to kind of ease it back a little bit and then you look across the field to Drew Brees who was like a year younger than him I mean, 18 months is what I guess the, the age gap is and the guy can really throw like 10 yard out routes you know what I'm saying like he's throwing little lolly lollipop throws that are getting picked off and you can just see just the, the difference in quarterbacking between a 43 year old and a 42 year old. And, and in total, man, listen, I'm not the, I'm not going to say they won this game because of Brady, but he played the game as it dict, as the New Orleans Saints defense dictated, right? The the Saints played two high safeties. They gave they gave them everything underneath. It was the old Patriots way of dinking and dunking, um, death by a thousand paper cuts. That's the only way they could have won that game. And Brady was patient, right? I know in the beginning of the year, the Buccaneers would not be patient enough. When they wouldn't hit the deep ball, they would get frustrated. They would start to unravel a little bit. They didn't have the mental toughness to actually go through through you know 19 I'm sorry like a 14 15 um, uh, play drives and get the touchdown um, they just wanted the big uh, the big long ball so you know credit to the buccaneers the defense showed up I mean after this, all year long this defense has been streaky some games good some games bad they showed up when they mattered the most. Um, you know Tom Brady essentially took what the defense give them and you know he's, uh, he's going on to his what the uh, ninth uh, nine out of ten uh, Conference championship mm-hmm. games now in the last ten years uh, 14 overall in 19 seasons. So hell of an accomplishment I know a lot of people wanted to see Tom Brady fail, um, but the guy is still back in the you know, uh, NFC championship game Oh,
2: it's great to see and he, the game was vintage for him on offense I mean mm-hmm. he was doing exactly what he needed to do to win the game He doesn't try to do too much you know, we've seen it here in New England, where in the playoffs sometimes you know he doesn't have his best game, but he does enough to get it done. Mm-hmm. And in you know he did it, he did that here. But uh, I just want to say, Jay, uh, you called my argument lazy last week about uh, how hard it is to beat a team three times in one season, and
0: this proved it. Well, how did this prove it? I mean, yeah, you have got lucky on this one, but the numbers bear out. You know, I think the number was essentially there was, like, 17 times, you know, a 2-0 team went and played 18 the third time in the playoffs. 12 out of the 17 times the the team that won won again. It was 3-0. So, I mean, like, it's not just like, all right, well, it just, it's, it's hard to beat the team three times in a row. I mean, it's just every game, stands, is. Every game stands on its own. I mean, it, it just bounced uh, – the ball bounced differently this way, you know?
2: Well, I mean, you go, look back at the Saints in that last matchup. They blew up the Buccaneers team, all mm-hmm. right? They made some adjustments. The coaching staff, say what you want about Bruce Arians, he's an absolute buffoon. Those comments earlier this week, I I just wanted to like knock him out. But they made adjustments and they made they made it happen. And I'm telling you, it's it's hard to it's hard to beat a team twice in one season with one of those being in the playoffs, you know, let alone let alone three times. You know, all you got to do is look back to the Patriots and the Giants in 07.
0: Well, I, I didn't expect the, the Drew, Drew Brees' home to fall off, essentially. I mean, this is not the same quarterback that was uh, playing uh, in the first two games. And we've seen this last three or four years. I mean, you know, Drew Brees would come out hot. He would look good. He would kind of tail off towards the end. And maybe it is because of some of his play that they haven't been able to get over the hump in the playoffs. Um, I think deep down, Sean Payne is probably happy that Drew Brees has decided to call, uh, call, it, a, uh, call it a career, you know? Because he has nothing else left, man. He really doesn't, you know? And uh, it's just sad you know but whatever it is what it is Where do you what, commi-
1: what, go ahead i was just gonna say real, real quick like i think what kind of chaps me a bit more is like they'll they'll pull drew Brees all the time to put taysom hill in but like it is clear and obvious to use nfl officiating terms even to like you know a hundred drunks in a bar probably me included uh that drew Brees <laughs> was not cutting it in that football game so why not just put James Winston in and have a, a, a puncher's chance? Like, you know, I said it last year on the pod. I said it even before we were recording a podcast that, you know, Sean Payton is, you know, he'll he'll put the foot on people's throats in the regular season. And when it comes playoff time, the guy looks like Tarzan and plays like Jane and he gets skittish. And it's a third year in a row where they have uh, uh, another back-breaking playoff, uh, home, uh, home playoff loss. So, like – this isn't, to me, this isn't anything new to me for Sean Payton. Uh, we kind of saw the writing on the wall earlier this year with, with Drew Brees' arm. I think, you know, you want to talk about adjustments. Like, it, it's pretty sad when we can all agree that, like, Bruce Arians is a buffoon and he is out-adjusting Sean Payton.
2: It's it's hard, It's hard to put those other two losses on the coaching staff. Say what you want, but, I mean – they had uh, uh, some pretty bad officiating in those games. Yeah, before, but I right mean,
1: Burge. The play listen, calling listen, in finish. those games was absolutely let, tepid at best. Let me finish. Uh,
2: you never want. You're never going to be in a position to rely on the officials in in any sport, and you're taught that from a very young age. But those those calls in those games were egregiously bad. And you say what you want, but you're, if you have Drew Brees on your roster, you're going to live and die by him. No matter you know. No matter what. What the situation dictates, it'd be the same thing if Tom Brady's arm decided to fall off. You're going to live and die by him in the playoffs if he got you there. So I, I don't fault Sean Pay- Sean Payton for sticking with Drew Brees throwing the ball in this game. I, I I don't. They brought Winston in for the for the play that you know nobody expected, and it was an absolute stunner of a play. But I don't fault. I'm not going. I'm not going to call for Sean Payton's head because because he stuck with Drew Brees in in a playoff game. You know where he's done so much for the organization. He got them to this point. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna compare him to, to Bruce Arians. I don't even start that.
1: No, I mean I'm not comparing him to Bruce Arians, but like it, it's just the last three years. He even before the play call, like even before like the 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 referees, which we can agree that they were brutal calls by the NFL officiating. But the place up into those points, like you make you you call different plays, you don't play scared. You don't have to put yourself in a position where you leave it up to an official to either blow the whistle or eat the whistle at that point. And, you know, I don't want to hear about live and die with with Drew Brees when you keep pulling him out for to use the gadget guy just to run on the goal line or to throw the football every once in a while. It, it was blatantly obvious he could not get the job done where, you know, it's it's not sentimental time, you know, in the division round. You're playing to win the game if you want Drew Brees to win a championship, you know, Jameis Winston at that point might have just been their best option.
0: Yeah, listen, I mean, I think Sean Payton should have essentially given Drew Brees the Bill Belichick treatment, right? Essentially force him out the back door because he really can't throw the ball, you know what I'm saying? Um, unlike Brady, who's still after there slinging it, like, you can see across the field. I was watching that game on, on Sunday night, I'm thinking to myself, how is one guy 43, another's 42? And, and there's such a wide disparity in essentially... Uh, they're throwing uh, throwing velocity, right? One guy, I mean, they're both living in the same era. They both have the same ret- access to nutritionists and, you know, um, health remedies and workouts and blah, 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 blah. But one guy is out there essentially throwing heaters, and this other guy can't get the ball out on a 10-yard route. You know what I'm saying? It's just weird how it's panned out for both these quarterbacks.
2: You probably see it play out differently if Taysom Hill's healthy in this game. Uh, I'll say that. You probably see that see it play out differently maybe they're 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 scared about jason uh Jameis winston i mean obviously they started Taysom hill when breeze was out so i mean that kind of speaks a little bit of volumes there um you know maybe they're worried about James winston throwing one of his 30 interceptions again who knows but mm-hmm. if Taysom hill's healthy in this game uh, perhaps you, you you see it you see it played a little bit differently
1: yeah
0: it is funny how all of a sudden, like, the, the Twitter sphere goes in a tizzy when how Jameis Winston hits a wide-open guy that has, like, nobody around him for 20 yards. And all of a sudden, oh, Jameis Winston's a savior, blah, 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 I mean, the guy – I mean, think, hell, they actually I want to sign saw, him. I think you saw I – think, I think you saw the trust that Sean Payton had in, in Jameis Winston. Like, I mean, why would he not go to Jameis Winston in that fourth quarter um, if, if if he, he didn't trust in him, you know?
1: That's Sean Payton playing
0: scared. All Sean, right. Payne, Sean, Sean, Sean Payton plays scared Sean Sean Payne, right. I mean you can rationalize However you want but I think Sean Payton is telling you James Winston I don't have trust in him I have trust in him to come in and throw one gadget play sure But I'm not going to start him over I'm not going to start him over Drew Brees I mean for we've got to you. You know, I mean at that point Drew Brees coaches. already threw three picks so, so, not what have one saying, more? so what you're saying is like Essentially Sean Payton is doing his best To put his team in a worse position to win Is that what you're trying to say?
1: I think he's just trying to be sentimental because, yeah, like listen, I'm not saying Jameis Winston would have came out there and would have been the savior. I said he would have given a puncher's chance. He probably would have thrown two picks at that, in that game, but at least you wouldn't—you would have kept the defense honest because everybody on that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was play, was just waiting and, and sitting on the short routes because that's all Drew Brees could throw. Like at least Jameis Winston gives a different dynamic to that offense by throwing the football down the field and testing a pass off offense that's uh pass defense rather that's ranked 21st in the nfl averaging about 241 uh yards given up uh per game
0: yeah well i mean listen we'll we'll see what they'll do in the future Uh, i mean they have quite a big decision to make on their hands um they still have what Jason, is Jameis just a one year contract or two year contract? One year contract, yeah. but they
1: they uh they actually were are kicking the tires and possibly bringing him back next year. Yeah.
0: Which would be a, a horrific mistake. If he's the starting quarterback next year, like I don't know why we keep doing this over and over again, but you know, we've seen what Jameis Stewinson is in the NFL. The guy will throw you 30 touchdowns, but he'll also throw you thirty nine. He'll have thirty nine turnovers. Um it would be I think it would be a mistake for for Sean Payne to use him as his future franchise quarterback, but it might be a bridge guy, you never know.
2: They're better off better off running Hill back there, quarterback, for
1: a season. Than- I, I
0: think so, too. I know Hill doesn't have the throwing arm and the throwing velocity that James Winston does, but at least he's not going to turn the ball over 39 times. We know what crab legs can do, right? <laughs> it's essentially, you know. And, and then there was this whole narrative this year that he had he had LASIK surgery, so now you can actually see what he's throwing to. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Like, the guy's a bum in the NFL. He is who he is as a backup. He's probably going to be a backup for the rest of his career, and let's just call it for what it is. got to find a quarterback now.
1: In Jameis's defense, every first year quarterback under BA's system has career highs interceptions. So
0: Tom Brady did it.
1: And he was getting pretty close. They didn't. But he was getting pretty close. I mean it. at one point I mean at one point, Jay, they were saying, uh, you know, maybe this isn't a fit for Tom Brady and Bruce Arians down there, and they were prematurely writing the obituary on that marriage. So and, like And, and where are called? they now? But
0: They're in is- the NFC championship game now.
1: Yeah, but again, like, Jay, I'm just stating a fact that first-year quarterbacks, right. for the most part, have career-high years of interceptions. You can go back from, to Ben Roethlisberger, uh, to Jameis Winston with his 30 last year, to, I think, what, Brady has 12, 12. Which is, yeah, it's not career-high, but it's an aberration from the norm for Tom Brady. Like, that's, that's a fact. The most since 2011 for Tom Brady.
0: I'm just saying, the guy looks pretty good in his next championship game, you know?
1: I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him, but I'm just stating that this is what happens in a first year with Bruce Arians. Hmm. Yep. All
0: right. Uh, let's move on to the, uh, the Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Browns went into Arrowhead, uh, came out with a loss. Uh, 17-22 was the final score. A lot of drama in this game. You know, at one point we thought the Browns were going to get blown out. Um, and then for, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes goes out with a concussion. Um, and then they, uh, they come roaring back. The Browns do. And they almost win the game. But Chad Henney comes to the rescue. So with all that being said, what did you guys see in this game?
1: two things um you know i know everyone's gonna say like a oh, stupid rule like fumble out of the end zone is a touchback but you know I-, I can understand if you're gonna reach out if it's fourth and goal but when it's when it's first and goal like you have three more plays that you can live and die with like i, I don't think that's really the call uh Sorensen getting called for leading with the helmet you, that could go either way um uh, and then the other thing too out of this game is just some bad in-game like fourth down management It might be a tough task to go for it on fourth and eight or fourth and nine, but I mean, if you punt in that situation and this is what ended up happening, you're not going to see the football again, regardless of who the quarterback is for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think you have to go for it, especially if you're being reckless with the timeouts and useless challenges. But I mean, all in all, like for what the Cleveland Browns have done this season, like, you know, not to take a moral victory lap. But, you know, considering what this roster was a year before to, hey, you're going to the AFC division round, I, I think that's a, a small victory in itself. I think Kevin Stefanski should be getting a lot of run for coach of the year. Um, and even despite the Mahomes injury, I mean, this was a close game still. Mahomes was getting knocked around a lot in the in the pocket. He left with a toe injury. I'll hit that a little bit more in the game preview. But You know, this is this is going to be this is going to be an interesting game uh, in Arrowhead on Sunday for the AFC championship game. And, um, you know, get your popcorn ready. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Burge, what do you see?
2: You know, this is one game I didn't get a chance to watch any of it. I was listening to it on the radio as I was driving around um, doing some work. But, uh, you know. Patrick Mahomes being dinged up. Um, You know, I watched the replay of that concussion. That was a very awkward play. Um, And, you know, seeing him being as woozy as he was um, coming off the field, that's definitely something to be concerned about if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan going into this game against the Buffalo Bills. But, you know, the biggest thing for me was that final drive um, with Chad Henney, a quarterback for this team, on that third down play. What was it, like third and like 16 or 15? Something like that. Yeah. And and the coaching staff for the Cleveland Browns, you know, they didn't coach anything to to, to contain the quarterback. I mean, obviously they probably weren't worried about him um, uh, running with it. I mean, he was, six, he was 6 of 8 in this game for 66 yards. That's pretty effective for a guy that hasn't played in Lord knows how long. Um, but, you know, you can't allow that quarterback to to, to run for 14 yards on that play. You, you can't let that happen when you have a chance to get the ball back. With the opportunity to go down and win the game, you can't let that happen. And that you know, kudos to Andy Reid. i I've been a big critic of Andy Reid over the over the years, just with his clock management debacles that he's had over the course of his career as a coach. But man, that guy's got one set of cojones on him, going for it on fourth and two or one with his backup quarterback who hasn't played in forever to call a pass play on that play to Tyree Kill to, to secure the game. You know. I, it showed a lot is why Kansas city wins. You know, they next, they got the next man up mentality there. I mean, they were able to kind of limp out of, of Cleveland, so to speak. Um, you know, once their quarterback went down, but um, I, let me ask you this. What quarter was Mahomes hurt like that? Third I, I, quarter. I, I didn't see, it was a third quarter. Yep. Okay. So they were able to survive, uh, you know, with a, uh, what was it? A 12 point lead at that point when he went out, to to, to win the game. They survived. They were able to get it done. I mean, Chet Henney threw an absolutely atrocious interception Mm -hmm. uh, in this game. But, you know, they got it done, and, you know, Andy Reid trusted his backup guy to make the play to secure the game. They don't make that play. Cleveland probably wins the game. So, you know, hats off to Kansas City. You know, in terms of Cleveland, you know, they made it to the division round. I think they made it further than uh, anybody actually thought they were going to this year. You know, know, kudos to them. Kevin Stefanski has done a great job up there. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen next year, you know, with Pittsburgh situation for that Cleveland team, you know, they got some uh, some good things to look up to going forward.
0: Yeah. Listen, I think Kevin Stefanski, for the most part, has had a great year, but he had a pretty bad game on Sunday. Um, I just didn't like the game plan. He didn't use the running attack nearly as much as he should have. Mm-hmm. On top of that, he had a couple of really questionable um, challenges. Well, one challenge and one non-challenge, essentially, um, that I think really kind of cost him. And you saw You saw the inexperience of a, a head coach for the first time, uh, you know, essentially in the playoffs. And you saw a guy on the other side, Andy Reid, that has uh, quite a bit of experience. And the, the amount of corners he has is absolutely unbelievable. But I think this game, I mean, you, if, if Patrick Mahomes goes down in the third quarter and he's not on the field for the Chiefs, like you you got to win this game. Like, Baker Mayfield and Stefanke somehow have got to figure out a way to win this game, right? Um, Because at the end of the day, like, I know a lot of people say, well, you know, this is their first year in a long time. They're getting stronger. They might come back next year. The Browns might make some more noise in the playoff next year. That's not a guarantee, right? I mean, I always say this about the Titans. Like, it was their chance to win last year. And that was it. Like, I mean, when they were up 10 points in the AFC Championship game against uh, Kansas City and they wanted to close that out, they're never going to close it out. I mean, they might not get back to that AFC Championship spot again. Um, same thing with the Houston Texans last year. They're up 24 points. Um, you know, you essentially had a chance to put the uh, your foot on the throat of the Chiefs and they still somehow let the Chiefs slip uh, slip up and win that game. And now they're not in the playoffs. So you've got to take, you've got to essentially when you get these opportunities. You've got to capitalize on those opportunities, man. And this was a, a big, uh, big blown opportunity for the Browns, man. Uh-huh. Um, okay, let's move on to the uh, NFC Championship game. We've got the 13-5 and 5 Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling up to Lambo to play the Green Bay Packers at 14-3. and 3. Um, Weather forecast calls for about 80% chance of five inches of snow in the afternoon. So it might be a snow game for us, um, for our viewing pleasure. So with that being said, Pumo, he got to win this game.
1: Sweet. now uh, for those listening, we didn't we, we purposely skipped the Rams Packers game. There wasn't a whole lot to take away from it, so nobody gives a shit. But for this game, for the NFC Championship game, um, I like Green Bay a lot in this game. The point spread right now it's three and a half. The over under is at uh, fifty and a half points. Um, I like I like the Packers to win. It's going to be a rematch from Week Seven, I believe, where uh, Aaron Rodgers and this team they got manhandled. They 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 gave up thirty eight unanswered points after going up ten nothing in the first quarter. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers had a brutal day. I think it was like two interceptions and just had a very bad day at the office. I think he got sacked like five times. But I think this time around it's going to be uh, going to be different at home with the snow. I know Tom Brady's played in the snow for the majority of his uh, – you know, Actually, for all of his career up until this point, but you know we saw this in Washington, where you know Chris Godwin, for example, like it wasn't it's not it wasn't as cold in Washington as it's going to be up in Lambeau, and he had five drops in that game against the Washington football team. Uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye out for for the this young roster not being in uh, you know in a cold environment like this prior to the uh, to this game. But I think Packers they have to keep Aaron Rodgers clean. They got to keep him upright. Um, I think. You know yeah the the defense for the buccaneers played complimentary football last week but that was against an offense that couldn't push the football more than 10 yards down the field uh this uh this green bay packers offense i think they're top five in passing offense um i i think they're gonna it's gonna be a shootout i like the over under in this game uh, a big return for tampa bay is vita vey he got activated off of injured reserve after breaking his ankle. Uh, apparently they shot him up with some avocado ice cream and, and had him working with uh, <laughs> TB12's trainer, and he's miraculously good, like Mr. Miyagi clapping his hands and rubbing his hands together uh, in the Karate Kid. Uh, but I think this is going to be a, a, a high-scoring game. Uh, I'm going with Packers laying to 3.5 points.
0: Uh, Bart, what do you got?
2: All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak objectively here, probably for the first time since I've been on this podcast. I like Green Bay in this game. I, I want, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go double down on what I said before. It's tough to beat uh, the same team twice in one season, let alone three times. And, you know, going up to Lambeau Field, a, you know, a uh, snowy environment could, uh, could could impact this game quite a bit. You know, I love what uh, Green Bay's running game is going to bring uh, to this game with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. They had themselves a field day um, on Sunday against the Los Angeles, I'm sorry, on Saturday against the Los Angeles Rams. I don't see Aaron Rodgers losing again um, uh, to this Buccaneers team. They, they, the off, the offensive weapons with Devontae Adams, you know, speaks for himself. But also, if you look at the stats from this game uh, uh, on Saturday, Alan Lazard was involved, Robert Tanyan was involved to a lesser degree, Marcus Valdescaning was involved, and I and I think that they're going to continue to involve those offensive players. Like you said, Jay, earlier, this Buccaneers defense has been very streaky throughout the year, and I, I like Aaron Rodgers to come out and uh, and pick this defense apart. You know the uh, the like you Puma, I agree. I think this could very well be a shootout um, with the Buccaneers offense. You know you know putting up some points. Uh, Tom Brady has a veteran of playing in the snow. He's made his name playing in snow games uh, up in New England during his career. But uh, I like Green Bay to, to to win this game, laying the three points. And um, that being said, my heart is pulling for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this game.
0: Wait, did you say you're gonna pick the Buccaneers to win? Or the it was it was the hedge. Oh,
1: okay. It was a hedge. No, 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 Like last I'm, week, eh, I'm going with the easy. Saints. But like, eh. easy, easy. <laughs> well, listen, then, I. I-
2: I'm sticking with my Super Bowl pick here. I've been picking the Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl for the last six weeks. I'm sticking with them, but my heart wants Tom Brady to get number seven.
0: Yeah, listen, man, I'm kind there of you the same boat as the uh, same boat as you as well. I mean, listen, I I would love to come on here and say the the Buccaneers are going to win this game. It would give me nothing more, <laughs> nothing. I mean, Edge. Great, it would be a great pleasure for me to watch Tom Brady go to his uh, what was it, like tenth Super Bowl or whatever it is. But realistically, I mean, th- this this. Buccaneers defense like they're not going up against a a quarterback that can barely throw a 10 yard out route. Right? they're going up against Aaron Rodgers up in Lambeau um, and like I said earlier this defense can be great one week and shit the next week they made Tyler Heineke look like Joe Montana and they were able to capitalize on Drew Brees um mishap so. Listen, I think I think it's, the only way the Buccaneers win this game is if somehow Brady gets in the forty-point range. I mean, that's a lot to ask for him up there uh, in the cold uh, Lambo snow. I'm sure he's fine, but I'm not sure his, the rest of his team is going to be fine uh, up in the uh, up in the cold. So. Mm-hmm. I think i'm gonna go with the packers um it, it might get ugly depending on how much snow there is um i feel like the packers will have an advantage just because they live and breathe up in that uh, up in that cold weather in the snow um i think it's gonna be somewhere in the realm of like a 35 27 um, final score with the Packers winning and you know at the end of the day uh, I would love for Tom Brady to go to the Super Bowl but I just don't think this is the year it's going to happen I think next year is the, is the big year for the, the Buccaneers to make their run uh, especially with uh, Drew Brees retiring and the Saints not really knowing what they're going to do uh, the Falcons in some of the rebuild mode and the Panthers we don't know what they're going to do either so uh, that's when they'll be able to reel off and get that division title uh, maybe win the first, second seed or whatever it is and host hopefully host a home uh, NFC Championship game So so we'll see what happens this Sunday
1: the only thing that scares me in this game is the Packers' defense. They give up garbage time points like it's their job. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that if they're, if they're, you know, no game is out of reach with Tom Brady. We can all agree on that. Like, if, if it comes down to a defensive stand for the Green Bay Packers to win this game – like I would be like that gift from Key and Peel where the guy is just sweating bullets because we've seen <laughs> that all we've seen that all year. We saw that against the Eagles. The Eagles almost came back. Uh, they, they gave up a bunch of garbage time points. They've given up a bunch of garbage time points this year. So that's the one thing that kind of scares me about the Green Bay Packers. I'm not changing my pick. I think Green Bay wins. But it is definitely not beyond the realm of possibility of, of this Packers defense just imploding despite an effort by Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, man. And listen, I think I think you the only way I can see them winning, besides scoring 45 points, is, like, if it's somehow 27-27 all, there's two minutes left, and Tom Brady has the ball. I mean, at that point, I've seen it enough times that he's going to muster out a field goal or a touchdown to win. But, you know, stepping back for a quick second, man, like, you know, I don't want to go on a whole little rant about this, but, like, I, I think I think it's impressive what Tom Brady has done so far this year. Uh, the fact that he left New England and went down to the Buccaneers, I mean, a pretty bad, uh, you know, overall franchise with their uh, win-loss record historically. And, you know, he went down there with no offseason, COVID issues, everything else that goes into it, um, you know, came out not the best against the Saints, had a couple good games, kind of bottomed down in the middle of the season. And now they're kind of making a strong run. It's just a testament to the uh, the effort and uh, job that Tom Brady has done with that team. And it's uh, it's absolutely insane to see him in his uh, was it 14th conference championship game now. So um, well done. And I think next year we'll see an even stronger run from these guys.
2: No, I agree with you there. I think this is a uh, testament to his greatness. Uh, you know, his legacy, you know, when he uh, eventually hangs it up. I was one of the believers that thought this team was not even going to, that was barely going to be a playoff team. I didn't, really didn't think they were going to get in. And, you know, it just shows, you know, how great of a quarterback he really is. I wish he was still here in New England doing the same thing unfortunately that's not the case but you know it it really speaks volumes to him that he can come down and 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 turn a team around and find a way to win to get to a uh to to an nfc championship game so it's like I said, I'm rooting for him, but I don't think it's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, and it was kind of sad seeing uh, Brady and Breeze play the other night, and it really hit me like once uh, they were showing the uh, mm-hmm. the post game mm-hmm. where they were hanging out and talking. I'm like, damn, this is about to be the end of an era in the NFL, right? I mean, Breeze is retiring pretty soon. you got Philip Rivers and Ben Big, Big Ben retiring. All the people that I grew up watching, um, these guys are about to be the old guard here soon. But I'm just. Like, I'm, I'm stunned. Like, I, I myself thought the, the Buccaneers were going to do a 10-6 and six run, maybe squeak in, not really have a chance in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact they won 11-5, uh, they're back in the NFC, NFC Championship game. And I think the biggest thing for me is, like, I, just, I just cannot believe that Tom Brady hasn't lost like, any velocity on his ball. Maybe like, maybe like, five percent like in total like over the last 10 years but some of the balls he's throwing i mean he hit like uh he had a kid uh, like four uh, missed um, deep balls two were the grunk that were our his fingertips uh one was marshall ladder more covering mike evans and then one was the godwin um drop, drop. um but but the guy is still after slinging it so so we'll see we'll see how this game pans out
2: max so kellerman calling that cliff
0: yeah, Max Kellerman has been trying again to, to retire for five years. You know, no longer it's, than that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, well, it's pretty funny because like you see some of these commentators go on national TV. Um, you've got Max Kellerman, you've got Nick Wright on FS1, yep. uh, Shannon Sharp, who just who just despise, who loathe Tom Brady. They've uh, been calling for his career to work for five years now. So. I'm just glad he's out there doing it, man. It's and listen, as you get older, man, you realize like eventually Tom Brady's gonna go away, so you just try to like steep it in and soak it in. So I'm just trying to take in this week and see how it pans out and really make a strong run next year.
2: Let's
0: go. Um, okay, let's move over to the uh, the night game, the six forty game between the Buffalo Bills, a fifteen and three, traveling to Kansas City to play the fifteen and two um, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, uh, Burge has requested to go first here, so Burge, you've got the floor, I can't sir. Wait.
1: Let me, let, hang on, let me let me top hey, off hey, on the <laughs> whistle pig. Me, hey, here we go. On, you, we... You, the floor, the floor is your, ber- yours, Burge. Are, are we want to take it to the bank this week? Uh, I we mean, mean,
0: I didn't come up with a pick. I didn't come up with one, so
2: if we were, I mean... if we were, oh, here
1: we go. I can't I'm wait. taking
2: it to the bank. The Buffalo Bills are going to the Super Bowl.
0: Wow, they are going to wow. go into Arrowhead
2: and they are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes, who will play in this game on Sunday. Puma. See, I'm on to you,
1: Burge. You're you're doing, like, the reverse jinx. I love this. Bro, brother, I might have been born at night, but I wasn't born last night, okay?
0: (laughs) Who who has hijacked Burge's body?
2: Yeah. Hey, hey, no, you know what? I, I am secretly rooting for a... Bucks Bills, Uh, Super Bowl this week. So my my boy Tom Brady, who everybody says I'm a hater of Tom Brady and that I hate him that he left New England and that he sucks and this and that. But I would love for Tom Brady to stick it to the Buffalo Bills once again. Here's no. the
0: biggest Tom Brady hitters on the planet. You've got Bill Belichick, and right behind him is Burge. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gotta put Puma ahead of me. Come on. Uh, I'm not a hater. No, Puma does say Tom Brady. Yeah, I'll get that. I don't
1: double it. down as much as you do. <laughs> Jesus. State my no, case, it, call it a day.
2: <laughs> Alright, since, since, since Puma was on to me on this, I gotta I gotta speak objectively here. I think the big thing here is gonna be Patrick Mahomes' health going into this game. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't play, it's an absolute it's gonna be it's gonna be Buffalo. No, no matter what, I you know this is gonna be a good game. I think go, the home field advantage you know is gonna play a big part in this. Um, you heard what the Ravens said after uh, after the game on on Sunday or on uh, Saturday in Buffalo that the Bills fans actually had an impact on the uh, Ravens mm-hmm. this year. These players are not used to playing you know, with fans. I thought about
0: that. I thought about that because it's like all of a sudden you just interject a team going into an away stadium and there's fans there. I feel like that's definitely a big competitive advantage, even though it's only six thousand fans. You know?
2: No, I think any fans in that stadium, you know, you know, make a difference. You know, especially because these guys have grown accustomed to not playing with anybody in the stands so you know your communication on offense uh is, is significantly impacted by any kind of noise that's that's interjected into the stadium but um if, if patrick mahomes is healthy can can go i i, I i'm not going to pick against him i'm not going to uh until until uh somebody beats him in the playoffs um you know after brady left new england and when somebody beats him in the playoffs you know then then okay we can we can have that conversation but you know the Bills, everything seems to be aligning for them this year. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, with with everything that's going on, it seems like they might be a team of destiny. Given you know all the events that are going on, you know Patrick Mahomes getting hurt, you know them allowing fans in the stands, you know it, obviously you know you look back to last week, you know who would have thought Justin Tucker is going to come out, and miss two chip shots, and doink them off the uprights in a game? You know everything seems to be falling into place for this Bills team. Um, I, I will be violently rooting against them in any game that they play the rest of the season. As you all know, I am probably the biggest Bills hater, um, non-objectively speaking, um, that you probably know. But it's not going to surprise me if they squeak this out. Um, you know, especially if Patrick Mahomes isn't 100%. Uh, that concussion he took, like we talked about earlier, was was kind of a big deal. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bills to win this game. And hopes what? to change my fortune. I'm going to take it to hope to change my fortune in picking games against the Buffalo Bills this year because they continue to prove me wrong, and it's continuing to take years off my life. So, you know what? Bills win this game. Puma, what's the spread in this game? Right now, it was a pick at one point.
1: Uh, the spread, it, it's been going back and forth between two and a half and three. Right now, it's at uh, Kansas City's three-point favorites. So, it's right. the line's built in, assuming that Patrick Mahomes is playing.
2: Give me Bills, give me Bills with the with uh, laying the points uh, plus the wow. points here. Let's go. Give Look me the Bills. That. Let's cool. go you've Bills.
0: Got, you've got an alliance here on the podcast with the Bills.
1: So <laughs> it's a fake alliance. <laughs> so before like the game break down on, on, on my end, of what I'm looking for, like just from a betting perspective, we're kind of getting ahead of things real quick. But like if if Chad Henney is announced as the starter, what would you guys set the betting line
0: at? Oh well, like what ten like? points maybe?
1: Seven Which way, six. though? Bu- no. Buffalo is 10 points? 10-point
0: 10 no. 10 favorites? Not in KC. Yeah. Not in KC. Not
2: in KC. maybe 7-point maybe favorites.
0: Uh, I'll go 6. I'll go 6-point favorites. Yeah. 6.5. Yeah, I was going to say 6.5. Six
1: okay. Mm. All right, at least we're kind of on the same page. Yeah. I, I, it's going to be interesting. I, I know I know. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is kind of, you know, air quote, cleared the first hurdle. He, he's practicing on a limited basis. They're going to see if he has any more uh, concussion-like symptoms after the fact uh, well, tomorrow. Tomorrow, Wednesday is going to be a big day. If he's able to do a full participation in practice and it doesn't show any like side effects still of having a concussion, then he's probably going to be a go on Sunday.
0: Well, people are making the case on Twitter and like on um, you know on the social media around that it really wasn't a concussion. It was more about like him losing um, maybe oxygen to his brain with the, the way that it was tackled and the, the defender's arm was down his neck. Maybe it might be a pinched nerve in his neck that caused the issue. <coughs> sure, they threw him in concussion protocol just because of how he looked coming off the field. Uh, I understand that, but it might not be a straight up concussion as it is uh, as it normally concussions come. You know.
1: Right. It might have been, like, it could be, like, one of two things. It could be, like, in boxing where you hit the button, like, you hit that nerve and just knocked out. Mm-hmm. Or I, I know, like, it doesn't look optically like, hey, he hit the front of his head or he hit the back of his head on the ground. But, like, the way he went down, like, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that was, like, whiplash upstairs either. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm no doctor. In my opinion, the the dude looked out of it. Um. Mm-hmm. So of course, I, I, yeah. I I think he's going to play, but, you know, who knows? And the concussion protocol for the NFL is going to be really put up to test this week. Uh, But I'm going to stick with my guns here. I got Buffalo winning this football game. And I think the key to that, you know, even if Patrick Mahomes is playing, is the Bills, this defense has to adapt again. They adapted against the the Baltimore Ravens last week uh, they you know they they shut down the run they gave up 153 yards on the ground but everybody thought they were going to rush for 300 they they snuffed that out they did their thing against Lamar Jackson they bent but didn't break against the Colts the week before and i think this defense it is it is a different defense from what the to the Kansas City Chiefs team that they played you know in week 4 where they only lost by 9 points they granted they gave up a ton of yards on the ground but that game There was no Josh Norman in the secondary. There was no Matt Milano to to clog up the the middle of the field as well, too. Uh, So I think this is a much different narrative for the Buffalo Bills defense. If they're able to do what the Denver Broncos did on Sunday Night Football, and I Mm -hmm. I know I keep referencing this on the podcast, but if you're able to keep things in front of you and you're able to – condense the vertical threat that the Kansas City Chiefs have, you stand a puncher's chance to start trading touchdowns for field goals. And if you're able to do that, this offense is one of the best ones in the league. I think they're a seventh in passing offense. Uh, Kansas City's first, Tampa Bay's second, I think uh, Green Bay's fifth in passing offense. If you're able to do that on the defensive side of the football and you give this offense a chance, you can upset this team and in in arrowhead and i've said this uh till the cows come home this isn't just from a betting perspective this is just from the optics test that since the new york jets game this kansas city chiefs team has won by uh uh, one score or less they they only won by five against the Cleveland Browns, uh, if the if the Browns make a stop on third down with Chad Henney, they they probably win that football game. Uh, but they haven't won in convincing fashion since the Jets game. They seem to have been coasting through getting to get into the playoffs and getting to the Super Bowl. And with this also toe injury for Patrick Mahomes, he has been, you know, that, that could limit his game. Like we saw this last year in the AFC Championship game where he could move the sticks, he could keep the defense honest to a certain extent, and he could rush in for a touchdown. Uh, in the red zone, which this offense is 15th in red zone offense, if he's not able to move the sticks and, and be a threat in the running game, uh, I think this is just going to play in the Buffalo Bills' hands. I'm gladly taking the three points, uh, and I'm not that confident in the Shocker. over-under. I, I might wait, but I'm, I'm taking the Bills in this game. I, I, I think they're the team of destiny. I think they've been playing the better football the latter half of the year. I mean, they've won 11 out of 12 games, uh, You know, including the, the, the Hale-Murray game.
0: Yep, 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 yep. Hey, what's the over under? Uh, Have you uh, got that number in front of you?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's, uh, let's see. Earlier today it was 53. I don't think it budged, but let's take a game. I would
0: take the over on that 53, man. I mean, especially... Well, the weather-wise, um, I saw that there's going to I think this, um, it's calling
1: for snow there, too.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be essentially rain turning into ice, into snow, which I which would suck more than anything. I mean, I'd rather have snow than that whole rain and ice bullshit because you know. that really messes with the passing. But while you find that, I mean, listen, I think I, I, I echo your sentiments, man. It's going to come down to how do you play Tyreek Hill, right? Essentially, you've got to play that that defense where you make Kansas City drive for 14, 15, 16 plays and get a touchdown, right? Make them earn every little inch on the field. Uh, don't give up the big play. Uh, play that too high, maybe 12 uh, yards off the uh, off the ball um, safety look um, and see how that goes, right? Uh, I, I, I would go in with the mindset of taking away Tyreek Hill and having somebody else beat me, right? Maybe bracket him, uh, maybe uh, have somebody roll over top of him, maybe roll coverage over to him. Whatever you got to do, take Tyreek Hill away because if you let him run wild and he gets um, you know 200 yards or whatever it is and two touchdowns, is no way you're going to win that game. Um, so I will have the Kansas City Chiefs win this game. But, like I said, Puma, I mean, I, I can see the amount of trust they have in Josh Allen um, with just how many times they've thrown the ball down the field against that um, Ravens game. And if they win this game, man, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first one to say, listen, you were right on to it. Uh, but until I see it, I can't, uh, I can't go there just yet.
1: The over-under is 53 and a half, by the way, too
0: it actually it went up
1: half a point mm-hmm. I, I still might fade the the over under in this game mm-hmm. uh, I'll probably wait if you're if you're able to bet this game live I'd probably do that um, but the uh, I, I'm with you I think they're gonna I think you're gonna see Trey White on on uh, Tyree kill all day I wouldn't be surprised if he gets help from from Jordan pointer uh, at some point. Um, but I, I think Matt Milano is going to be all over Ty, uh, not Tyreek Hill. He's going to be all over uh, Travis Kelsey. So it's it's going to be it's going to be great. I think this is going to probably be one of the better games out of the two. In my in my opinion, not just saying this as the guy banging the table for the Bills to go to the Super Bowl, but <laughs> just 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 with the, the the young talent and the arm talent that these guys have, and the, both teams right now, like that's no disrespect for the Packers and the and the Buccaneers, but to me on paper, I just I I, I like this matchup a little bit more. Yeah. Uh,
2: I will say this, you know, going – this is going to be the most complete offense that the Bills have seen since week four when they played them. Um, you know, this team can run the ball too. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the deal is with with, with Edwards Hilaire, is, if he's healthy or not. But if, if he plays in this game, you have Le'Veon Bell back there, you have Daryl Williams back there, that they can run the ball. You know, the weather is going to be a big impact if it's, if it's going to be what you guys are saying. It's going to be – I haven't looked at it personally – but even so, even if Chad Henney does play this game, I, I feel like he's got enough on offense where he can manage the game to the point where it will at least be uh, a, a close game. And if it was the uh, six-and-a-half spread, as we talked about uh, before, I would still take the Chiefs in this game laying the points. Uh, you know, I, 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 even if even if Trey White can take away Tyreek Hill in this game, I, can Matt Milano actually limit Travis Kelsey? To the point, I mean, this 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 Bills defense gave up massive points to tight ends in their wild card matchup against uh, the Indianapolis Colts with a quarterback who could actually throw. Obviously, Lamar Jackson. We already hit that, and Mark Andrews was taken away because Lamar Jackson is an ep throwing the ball. But can can the Bills take away a player of that magnitude? Is something I'm going to be looking for in this game. I'm taking the Bills to win, obviously for Puma's reason, as he caught me on it early on in this well, what a plan mistake, but
0: it's not like we but, saw it coming a mile away
2: <laughs> well you probably told him about it because i told you
0: about no, it you probably two I, plus two equals four. four i did not oh, tell me it. anything i did not uh, okay about it. okay not tell okay probably okay. saw you coming a mile away come on but puma I got, right. a que- I got a question for you puma like what do you think you watch enough buffalo bills football this year what do you think the philosophy is from sean mcdermott going in against let's say patrick Mahomes is healthy and you know uh the weather is not that big of a factor and they're going to air the ball out and you got to score you score points with the with the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you think Sean McDermott's philosophy is? Is it run the ball, keep the ball away from them, or is it let's just air it out, let's try to outshoot them? What do you think he's going to go with?
1: I mean, we're going to go to the patented, you know, dance with the girl that brought you there. Like mm-hmm. stay within yourself. Like throw the football. I mean, this this pass defense for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I think they. I just had the stats up here. Uh, Kansas City's fourteenth against the pass. 21st against the rush. And I would say run the football more if they had Zach Moss there, but he, yep. he he blew his ankle out. I wouldn't be surprised if you see more Josh Allen scripted runs in this game. That's going to be one of my best bets this week. Um, but I, I, you dance with the girl that got you there. And then on the defensive side of the football, we've seen this team adapt. And Sean McDermott is a hell of a coach. We've seen that this year as well, too. He has been able to get this team to adapt and recalibrate. And I, I think that's going to be the philosophy is, is just, you know, stay within yourself on the offensive side of the football slash damn the torpedoes. And we're going to throw every play out there and, and, and just, you know, lay it all out to, to go to the Super Bowl. But I have a lot more faith in this defensive unit, uh, you know, compared to, I think, a lot of people uh, in, in, in regards to this game.
0: Yeah, I saw somewhere online this morning that essentially Zach Moss is out for the season. He had a procedure this morning yeah, in Green Bay. Yeah, he got the tightrope surgery. Yeah, yep. he had a procedure this morning with, in Green Bay where the doctor was. Um, and then he's going to be out for the rest of the season, but he'll be ready for off season, uh, off season programs.
2: Puma, let so- me ask you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Puma. Would you rather them lose on Sunday or would you rather them lose in the Super Bowl if you're a Bills fan?
1: No, I get to the Super in terms Bowl. Of, in terms of the arc of the team. I say a, At this point, like, you're in uncharted territory. Like, I'm, you know, a lot of people that I've been talking to that are Bills fans, like, they, they were just expecting to to win the AFC East and, you know, maybe get to the – not even get to the division game. If they just won the AFC East, that would have been a, a victory considering where this team has come from. At this point, like, you know, you – you have to go to the Super Bowl. Like, everything, the stars are aligning. This defense is peaking at the right time. This offense is hitting on all cylinders. You know, regardless of what happens in the Super Bowl and, like, the narrative of this franchise in the Super Bowl, like, you have to get to the Super Bowl at this point.
2: So let me ask you this. You're not afraid of the uh, the, the hangover of losing the Super Bowl?
0: No. What, 25 years ago what hangover is that <laughs> like, no no, like, no, 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 that... no no no
2: I'm not saying I'm not saying in regards to the the, the Bills franchise I'm saying oh, okay. if you look at, you look at like look at like uh, look at like um uh, San Francisco this year you, mm-hmm. you look yeah. at like that I mean like... you
1: can look you can look at Kansas City this year too and it's been blatantly obvious that they've they've been in a, mala- in a malaise all season just just coasting after that Super Bowl too like you know we we hear more about like the Super Bowl slump than like the team that actually won it like being in the same boat but like you could make that argument for the kansas city chiefs this year as well too you,
2: you definitely could but you know at the same point like this team has 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 progressed so well over the last few years in terms of their record and their play you're no. you're, you're not in any way worried about that you look at like the, the 49ers losing you look at the rams losing you look at the falcons losing you look at the panthers losing if you want to go back that far back, yeah. like they they just never got back there, and that mm-hmm. that's 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 kind of what I'm getting at with this is if, it, no. it, and I heard I heard this on the afternoon show on 98.5, and it kind of it kind of perked something in my head. Like if you're if you're a Bills fan, like if you if you're not gonna win the whole thing, you're probably better off losing on Sunday, just because you you have room for growth. You get there, and then it's like oh you lost. You have that that kind of that hangover. And it, it, you've seen it in the, in the history of, of, of these teams. And, you know, you look at the Seahawks when they lost to the Patriots. They haven't been back. You look at the Panthers. They lost. They fell apart. The Falcons fell apart. The Rams fell apart. And the 49ers fell apart. The only team that hasn't in the last five years has been the Patriots, and they had Tom Brady. So it's like – Well, well if that's one of those uh, – Go
1: ahead. I was just going to say, like, a lot of those instances, like, the the next year, like, a lot of those core players were free agents. Like, they they hit the free agency market. They left. Uh, I know Richard Sherman, for example, like, he stayed around for an extra, I believe, a year or two. But he, like, that core broke up rather quickly. I mean, this Bills team, like, Brian Dayball is coming back. He's probably not going to get a head co- coaching job this cycle. Uh, Stephon Diggs is still under contract. Tredavis White got extended. Matt Milano's not going anywhere. Tredavis um, Edmonds is on a rookie deal. Like this, if, if this was like a damn, the torpedoes, we have to win this year because we're going to lose a lot in free agency. I, I would buy a little bit to that, to that take. But because a lot of this core team is under contract still, and maybe the the only one big piece that may leave is Leslie Frazier, but this would be probably one of the more appealing jobs as a defensive coordinator or if Brian Dayball left as an offensive coordinator to work with Josh Allen. So, I mean, if you, know, if, if you go into this game thinking like, oh, you know, as a fan, like, we should lose so we don't get our hearts ripped out and then, like, we don't do anything next year, then, like, no. Nah. The, the, the I'm not, I'm not saying happens. that,
2: but I'm like... I'm looking like at the Falcons and and, and, and the Rams too. They I mean they brought everybody back too, for the most part, if not added at that point after they lost to the Patriots a few years ago. So, I, I, I'm just making the point that if you're a Bills fan and you get to the Super Bowl and you lose like a heart wrenching Super Bowl, say to Tom Brady and the box, you lose to them again. That could be that that can send shockwaves through an organization and.
0: But, but what's what's the guarantee that you're going to get back to the AFC Championship game again? again right. AFC Championship game no, this no I'm again. not saying
2: there's a guarantee at all. I'm just I mean, like, saying, I,
0: like. It, I was it's trying a, to make the point earlier with the with the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. They had their opportunities last year to try to do something with that opportunity. You don't know if you're going to be able to make it back. I mean, because I know the the narrative last year with the Titans uh, giving up the 10 point lead in Kansas City was, well, listen, they still got Ryan Tannehill, they got Derrick Henry, and Variables coming back. I mean, they'll be back in this game again, right? I mean, but that's not how it works. I mean, you've got to take advantage of the opportunity right now in the moment.
2: I'm not saying I'm not saying go out there and lose the game for that for that sake. That's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying in terms of the arc of the growth of this team, they've been trending up 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 up, and they get to the Super Bowl they lose. All right, so what's what's your obviously your your next step of growth is winning the game. That's a pretty lofty goal to have going into a season in an NFL that is so it's so difficult to get back there two years in a row. That's that's just a point I'm making. I'm not saying that. That this team is gonna fall off a cliff and they're gonna be seven and nine again. That's not that's not what I'm getting at. I'm just I'm just saying like in terms of from an organizational standpoint, you have a growth. Okay, you've made the AFC championship game, you lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, Kansas City is in a very good spot to the defending champions, blah, blah, blah. You have a step up to grow from that point. You get you beat Kansas City, you beat the best of the AFC, you beat the What's arguably being described as the next great quarterback in the league and Patrick Mahomes, and then you lose in the Super Bowl. I just think that that could that could have a strong mental impact on an organization from you know even if you're returning everybody coming back the next year. I mean I, I'm, I'm of the believer that the Buffalo Bills are a shot in a shot in a cannon this year where they're they're just so good that they're, you know they're a team of destiny that at this point, that you know they're going to get there, and whether or not they win or not, it's a, you know up, up for to to see on Super Bowl Sunday. You know, can they repeat it? And I don't think they can. And I think that if they were to lose on Sunday, I would feel better about the Buffalo Bills next year than I would if they lost the Super Bowl. Just. The so what's the difference the last five so, so, so wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, What's like, the, what the, the, the difference If they mean? lose
1: by a field goal In the Super Bowl If they lose by a field goal In the AFC Championship game Like how is that going To better the like, psyche this, Of ownership yeah. and, fan, and and the fan base Like I'm sorry Bruce, That do not make Any goddamn sense
0: Yeah I think right. is like <laughs> <some> <laughs> subtle, This is like some sort Of subtle psychological jab At like the mental no, 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 no. of the Bills no. Like is that no. really <laughs> Because care. none of this Makes any sense Like I mean If they get there this year And they lose Like well now They can look at it Well listen We've already made it there We know how hard is to get there let's put the work in and try to repeat and get them actually win at this time like we're like
1: i could understand you if, if, a- if god if it wasn't like a stable organization right like let's say it's the philadelphia eagles this year okay with like jeffrey laurie and the quarterback turmoil and the roster getting old and all that other nonsense i could understand that but like they're running everybody back next year minus leslie frazier the pakulas are a stable ownership group this head coach is probably one of the the best ones in the nfl right now like i i i don't see the difference of if they lose by a field goal in the super bowl if they lose by a field goal or or, or two points in, in the afc championship i
0: can game. make the case that if they get to the super bowl and they lose now they're more prepared to know what to uh, to know what they got to put in work next year to essentially get back to that point right the super bowl stage is big maybe josh allen has some nerves this time around but next time around he knows what to expect like, you can go the other way with that as well.
2: Well, you can, go, you can go the same way. you got Kansas City who's returning all their players next year, and you, you you beat them in the AFC Championship game. You're riding that high, and you go in and you lose in the Super Bowl to a 43-year-old quarterback, and th- that messes with your head. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make
1: here. Yeah, but nobody said that when the, the Chiefs lost to the Pats in the AFC Championship game. and That, that game didn't go They to lost overtime. in the AFC
2: Championship game, and they won the Super Bowl the next year.
1: Yeah, That's but they point. weren't. They, yeah, but like I, I, still don't see the difference of like losing a championship game and losing the Super Bowl in like close fashion. Like they lost in close fashion against the Pats, and then the next year they went to the Super Bowl. Like that didn't met, that didn't like scar their psyche at all. Like the Hunt family stable, no, because Andy they lost Reeves in the AFC them. Championship game, not the Super Bowl. So they how does like their, I, on the biggest stage? I still don't. I, yeah, so, so like, I, because
0: you, because you make it seem like the Buffalo Bills have the psyche of a of a twelve year old. Like they can't. No, no, no. That's what
2: I'm saying. Like they have a young quarterback right now. They yeah, have, man, Patrick
1: they, Mahomes was a young quarterback. Like I, I he just, lost in the I, AFC Championship game, not the Super Bowl. That's the point I'm making.
2: I... Yeah, All right. We 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 could have this conversation in a year beat. and see what happens. The question I All do right. have
0: though is, you know, if there is a Bucks bill Super Bowl, who does Bill Belichick root for in that situation? Which one would hurt him less?
2: Tom Brady winning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he would hardcore have a Buffalo Bills jersey.
2: <laughs> I disagree. You think a guy look- you worked with for 20 years that helped you win six Super Bowls, I don't think that he's going to root against that guy. No, the amount no. of respect between them two, despite how everything ended, I no, no.
0: So you actually think he'd be happy for Tom Brady, huh? Uh,
2: I, I think it's a lose-lose situation for him, but if he's picking I think, Brady,
1: I think Bill Belichick uh, is just going to be on his house today and talk with the TV off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah well we'll find out soon enough man that'd be that'd be hilarious um you know what patriots fans should do if somehow it is a bucks uh bill super bowl and uh, somehow the buccaneers end up winning like they've got to get a billboard somewhere in uh in buffalo saying something along the lines of "Something's never changed," blah blah with the final score you know sign patriots fans or something that'd be hilarious
2: <laughs> that would be absolutely amazing you know that would be amazing
0: uh that'd be great um cool well you guys got anything else to say or you guys want to wrap it up just my personal best bets real quick oh, for the yes.
1: weekend. So uh, I'm personally going to be putting these tickets in uh, this week. I'm going to be taking the points with the Buffalo Bills. It's been floating at two and a half or three points. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills in this game. Uh, The spread for the Packers has been solid at three and a half. I'm going to lay the three and a half points with the Green Bay Packers against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I also, because I'm scared about the defense and there's only two games, I'm going to be dabbling a little bit more in the prop betting market this week. I like the prop of Tampa Bay to be the last team to score in that game. Uh, I, like I said, I'm just scared about the defense. I think they're going to give up a garbage-time touchdown. Uh, so I like Tampa Bay as the last team to score. I like the over in the Green Bay game. Uh, right now it's 50-and-a-half. Uh, this has been a lock all year. I just personally have not bet it. Um, Devonte Adams as the first one to score in that NFC Championship game. Uh, he's, been, he's been on fire. I think he's he's been the first touchdown scorer eight out of uh, nine weeks. Uh, Josh Allen, just to score uh, in the on the ground, I think he's going to get a rushing touchdown. And the prop market for the AFC championship game has not been released yet. But if there's an over-under on the Josh Allen rushing yards, I kind of like the over in this game. Uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they are uh, kind of middle of the pack uh, against the Rush, I think because of the lack of running back depth. and No no disrespect to Devin Singletary, but he's not an in-between tackle, stumper kind of runner like Zach Moss was. I think they're going to have to throw the kitchen sink out. I think Josh Allen's going to be getting his wheels going a little bit in this game. So I like the over in the Josh Allen uh, prop
0: market this weekend. So is it Devin Singletary? And who else? Who else is the other running back? Uh,
1: Devin Singletary. Um, God. T- Devonta Freeman, T.J. Yeldon, and oh, a wow. rookie on their practice squad. I just can't remember his name. They didn't They didn't call him up, but he had a good game week 17 against the Dolphins. Um, but they uh, they didn't activate him uh, the week prior with the Colts or last week.
0: Wow, T.J. Yeldon, huh? I haven't heard that name in a few years. Mm-hmm. Remember him and Trent Richardson were the biggest Alabama running back bust of all time?
2: <laughs> yep. Trent Richardson. Oh, oh God.
0: God uh okay cool uh, anything else guys you guys want to plug it up
1: i'm good i think right. that's it go bills
0: this this went surprisingly
1: well <laughs> I, was, I was surprised <laughs> yeah no shit <laughs> uh, all right, let's, next uh, let's week
2: play. will be fun if if the bills lose next week will be fun
1: mm. yeah we'll we'll find out buffalo let's going see. to tampa now, now right. Puma, is
0: this is this going to be a jersey uh day uh, on sunday for you as well let's see it
1: if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You're I mean, sure? they, they won with a jersey on, so let's That's go. A, that is your look. Show jersey me. On, you
0: know?
1: oh, I, I have no problem showing you. I have no problem. Show me. <laughs> let's go. Um, so, this podcast and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio podcast can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and. Apple Podcast. Do, 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 do. Pew, pew, pew. That's right, people. We are finally, finally approved on Apple Podcast. Uh, Jay has been uh, has been a fucking wizard. He's been the guy pushing the rock up the hill, trying to get approval, and uh, we finally crossed that river uh, due to his efforts, and, and and we are now on Apple Podcast under Pro Football Radio Podcast. Um, Uh, We we couldn't be more excited. So definitely leave us a five-star review. Hit us, leave us a comment in the comment section that'll help us get promoted on Apple Podcasts, make us a little bit more visible. So five-star review. Give us, that, uh, give us that help, and uh, let's get this out to the masses a bit more. Uh, social media-wise, Facebook and Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter machine, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. Uh, Burgess, uh, Eric Burgess is at Burge, the goalie. Uh, you can definitely see him go toe-to-toe with everybody and their brother at 98.5. Definitely worth comedy hour when he's going hard in the paint against adam jones but like subscribe download five-star review hit us up on twitter social media let's go the, the time has come we're on apple podcast and we couldn't be any more goddamn stoked
0: well, when he's going toe to toe with Adam Jones, or or one Jay Chima, <laughs> that
1: the, the the Jay Chima the Jay Chima <laughs> heavyweight battle, Jay Chima versus Burge this week was was something else. You know, That's I, I kind of had to be, I kind of had to be the Chris Wallace this week, being like, listen, we can't spend like thirty five minutes on like Bill Belichick <laughs> versus Tom Brady, not not like it matters. We're like a Joe Rogan s podcast right now for this episode, but uh, well, yeah, listen, definitely.
0: We're at 94 minutes, and this was us trying to expedite this shit. It's 94 minutes trying to expedite. If we went into the Bill Belichick Brady thing, it would be like two hours, like easy. Two hours easy, you know? So. I mean, we wouldn't
1: even go into the game recap of the division yeah. the round. That's, so. that's,
0: that's fun. That's fun topics for the off season And listen, I don't have to say much at all. I mean, I just got to say, well, Tom Brady's in the NFC Championship game. What else do you want uh, to say? Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I'm just Check kidding. the Burgess
2: Facebook picture. That's all you got
1: to say right here. Check the
2: Burgess so, Facebook uh, picture out.
1: So, so is this still Lamar Jackson or, or did you change it? Oh, I to just what,
0: changed it. Oh, to what? Josh Allen? I can't wait. Is it Josh
1: Allen? You'll have to go look.
0: Well, no, I'm on Facebook.
1: Well, here we go. Don't oh, mind so, the dead air time. All right, well, so, send, me,
0: <laughs> send me a screenshot then, all right? Because I, I don't have Facebook. But. <laughs> oh, look at
1: that. Josh Allen. Look at that. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> so, I can't wait for all
0: – oh, so, God. So, in your, in your mind, Bird, do you believe that you're going to somehow jinx the Buffalo Bills by picking them? Yes. Wow, what are you smoking? Because oh, I would love to have some of it as well. <laughs> I
2: wish I, I wish I could
0: have some of it too,
1: but I can't. I can't. <laughs> so, Robin Cokin is.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, listen. I hope you guys enjoy Championship Weekend. We thank you for your support, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Via Condios. So, real quick before you hit end,
0: Freddie Soliotis,
1: you're fired. I <laughs> hope he appreciates that. I almost like threw my shoulder out and, like reached back on the chair. Stinks
2: my ears every time.